0: hello hello it's a wild and windy night isn't it rain is pouring down it is you might even be able to hear it on the skylights here in my attic are you going to be all right on your way home?
1: Well, I've got a raincoat and an umbrella, so I think I'll be all right. I didn't bring galoshes, but I should be okay.
0: You don't go down any spooky roads, do you?
1: Spooky roads? No I'm right. Sticking
0: thinking of the beginning of Rocky Horror Picture Show.
1: Oh, yeah, it would be a bit like that. No, I don't think I'm going down that type of road, no.
0: Sarah's mum has a friend who was driving somewhere in the rain and she got so scared by driving in the rain that she pulled over and called the police!
1: <laughs> what are you yes. gonna do to help
0: well i think they uh, they pose the same question
1: <laughs> i do got it i do understand what it's like to be scared about driving in the rain, though it's quite Oh scary. Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely
0: yeah, yeah. um it seems like autumn is here oh yeah it's comes which, which i like it's it's a good season for me uh wardrobe wise yeah, yeah. color wise mm. I, I really like it i went out for lunch with my friend chris today and and he was feeling quite resentful of about the fact that autumn was here and about the fact that people are going, oh, yeah, I love autumn, night's drawing in, get to wear a cardigan, pumpkin spice latte. I think he finds it quite annoying, especially given the summer that we've had.
1: Right, and that there was no summer. Yeah, yeah. and he's
0: got this rage about it, which Sarah has as well. Oh, really? Um, I've said, I'm sure I've said this before, and I just think, keep your rage about the weather to yourself. <laughs>
1: Not interested in your weather rage
0: because everybody's experiencing it. Mm. It's not just you. You know the weather isn't just happening to you, and all you're doing is making it worse for everybody else by raging against it. I had a lovely lunch otherwise, though. Oh,
1: good. <laughs> glad it wasn't just about the weather. Okay, good.
0: Although he he said um, he asked the waitress a really weird question. I thought. Oh, yeah. So it's one of these restaurants with small plates that you share,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and. He asked the waitress how many plates per person.
1: Per, what, to, how many plates should each person order? Yeah. Right.
0: Do you know, I think that's a weird question?
1: Well, I don't actually, no.
0: I do because the answer is always two to three depending on how oh. hungry you are. <laughs> oh,
1: right, because you already know that. We answer. recommend
0: two to three plates per person depending uh, on how hungry you are. That's what they say uh, everywhere you ever go. Right, right. So, so, so why ask the question? <laughs> yeah. Another... um. Another, another weird thing that he did was, or I think this is weird. See, see if you agree with me. Um, they brought a bread basket. Oh, I love it. Love free bread. Mm. Really love that mm. free bread. And it had two different types in it. One was like a focaccia, spongy, Italian type bread with maybe some herbs on it. Mm-hmm. The other was more of a crisp bread with a crunch to it. hmm he ate all of the crisp bread. Okay. Do you think if there's two different types of bread in a basket, you, you have to eat half of one?
1: Oh, because he's hogging. You might have preferred the other one. He well, I would have like to try it. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I don't know. It's been so long since I went out for lunch with two different breads in a basket. <laughs> I've honestly <laughs> forgotten what you do. Sorry, I can't help you there. I sorry, this rain. I, I wonder if It's so loud. It's so loud, isn't it? I'm actually scared about driving home
0: now. It's <laughs> oh, quite biblical. Yeah. Um, at the end of the uh, at the, the end of the meal, I went for a wee hmm. just before we left the restaurant. Then we went for a walk for about half an hour or something. Just went for a little pot around and a chat around the streets. And I found myself on that walk needing the loo again, mm-hmm. but I was too embarrassed to say, so I just kept it in. <laughs> Why is that embarrassing? <laughs> a bladder is embarrassing. It's just a fact of life. But as as previously discussed, I'm for all my stuff, mm. I'm not that hung up on bodily functions. Mm-hmm. No. And yet there was something embarrassing, it, like I was an amateur. Mm. Well, you've been to the toilet once just before we... Uh, there's a, I feel there's a judgment. If you've been to the toilet quite recently, yeah, there is. there's always a judgment from the other person if you need to go again. It'd be
1: rare that something wasn't said. Yeah. Was something said? No, it wasn't. So oh. I kept it to. me <laughs> <laughs> It was unsaid.
0: So well, because I didn't say anything because I didn't go to the loo. Oh, I kept it in. Right, you didn't. And it. then I thought, when we part, I'll duck in somewhere hmm. and go for a wee. And he said, "Oh, um, sh- shall I come to the uh, come to the station with you?" And in my head, I'm thinking, "Oh no, please don't," because I was going to like go in a a place <laughs> to a secret, dirty second wee. <laughs> my shameful secret. I know. I know. Oh. Um. So that was that, uh, which, was, which, which was nice. We were talking about how in life, you know, one way of getting through it, and this isn't an original thought, you hear lots of people say this, it's just by having something to look forward to. Mm. That's how you get through it. And, and I thought, okay, what have I got to keep me here? What have I got to, uh, what have I got to look forward to? And my answers are the new series of Succession, yeah. which starts in a few weeks, and then there's a new series of Curb Your Enthusiasm at some point this autumn. And I did think that's quite a sad reflection on what my life has become that the things I've got to look forward to are things that are kind of going to come on the TV. Yeah. Like I remember when I was younger, the things I was looking forward to were real things, like the new iPhone being released. <laughs> Whereas now there's a new iPhone and I just don't care. I don't even want to know about the camera on that iPhone. What is wrong with me? Has my spark gone out? <laughs> I think it is has. that the proof?
1: Yeah.
0: Right, Annabelle. Mm. Can you hear the raindrops drumming? what is it running on the roof? there has been a brief you, lull, so now can I can't. Can you hear the raindrops drumming on the rooftops? Do you not know that song? Is it from school?
1: Yes, oh, it is from school. Okay,
0: I think it's from Come and Praise. Oh, or Come What Was It Called? I think I've got that book down there somewhere. Somebody Stop sent sharing it, to it me. off.
1: Stop it.
0: Maybe we could just read extracts from it. Mm. When a knight won his spurs and the stories are v- That So oh, it's great being able to sing hymns because usually on a podcast you can't sing because the the music is owned by, by somebody.
1: That's why I'm not singing. Publishing <laughs> rights. I understand now why you never asked me to sing.
0: So we could sing hymns, like old hymns, not modern ones, mm. and we could sing uh, maybe like traditional folk <laughs> folk songs mm. mm-hmm. to give us a bit of Scarborough Fair. No. Okay. No. Um. Sorry, I got sidetracked there. Got waylaid. Let's have uh, let's have some stories from drifters.
1: Sue says, "I work in magazine circulation. My absolute favourite role was." Does that for- mean
0: she's got a paper round? No,
1: it doesn't. No, okay. no, no. My absolute favourite role was for a family-run publisher where it was okay to be a bit strange. Drifters and non-drifters alike rubbed along in a weird, dysfunctional family way. It was successful too, publishing some of the biggest-selling titles in the UK. This publisher bought a much more corporate publisher slash radio station company. And over a few years, a total merge happened and we found ourselves being run by the other company, all sharing one office. Our new spot in the office was right next to the MD who looked after radio and magazines. He terrified me and I would try to avoid all contact. But it's difficult when your desk is literally five feet away from him and his top team. Life rolled on and after a year I decided to go travelling so there was the usual horrendous gathering where I was sent on my merry way and my boss regaled all of embarrassing stories which had occurred over the 12 years I'd worked there. There were a lot. My desk was covered in pictures and presents and everyone drank Prosecco. The head chap listened intently and was actually entertained but he knew and liked my boss so few all good. Fast forward six months and I'd finished travelling and was back and took a role at the same place. It was a perfect four day week affair. I was delighted. As the months progressed, I'd been brushing up on small talk and really making an effort. And I thought, yes, I've conquered all my -er drifterishness and I've made it. So much so, I'd actually made a friend in the kitchen who worked as a lawyer in the big boss's team. Life was looking up. No more hot flushes of embarrassment as I stumbled over small talk. I'd finally grown into being a normal person. Until one hideous day. The summer barbecue. The one time people mingled and mixed making hours of small talk. My team was going, so I doled myself up and headed there. All was well until I bumped into my kitchen friend with the boss man. The kitchen friend caught my eye, so I thought, I can't not say hello. So I stopped in my tracks to say hello. What happened next? Well, he went in for a continental style kiss of each cheek. I froze, turned the wrong way and found his lips locked right on mine. My heart sank as my (laughs) mind raced forward as I tried to think on my feet. I mean, any normal person would probably not have got the angle wrong or would have styled it out with a casual laugh. And, oh, I didn't realise we were that close. As for me, I froze went beetroot red, looked at him, looked at the boss man, looked back at the lawyer and then just walked off saying nothing. (laughs) Epic fail. (laughs) As my desk was literally five feet away from their part of the office, I did the only thing possible and got a new job at a different publisher. (laughs) I now work longer hours and have more stress, but that is nothing compared to the months of slinking around I had to do back at my old job trying to avoid the both of them the lawyer man never spoke to me again. (laughs) COVID's been a terrible thing, but I'm glad it means I no longer have to kiss strangers or shake people's hands. Oh, fantastic. Mm. And this is from Daryl, Protector of the Realm. My wife, Carolyn, and I used to go to a classic car club. Back then, the meeting in the pub would attract about 10 to 15 people a month. We would have the regulars who turn up every month without fail. Then there would be the semi-regulars who were not always guaranteed to turn up. One month, some of these semi-regulars introduced a friend they had to the group, a nice chap with curly hair and a beard. We were late turning up and missed his name and were sitting away from him, so didn't speak to him directly. The following month, he couldn't make it, but we finally found out his name from the other members when they mentioned him. Jesus. That's an unusual name, we thought, but who are we to judge? The following month, my wife couldn't make it, but Jesus was there. I noticed, however, people were not using his name, and when talking to him, called him Ian. Strange, I thought, but I thought it best to avoid any confusion and not to use a name at all when talking to him. It was late when I got home and my wife was already asleep. By the morning, I'd already forgotten all about it. The following month, we both went to the meeting. The bearded man was also there, and as fate would have it, we were sitting near him. My wife started talking to him. Hello, Jesus. Have you got your car here today? He looked confused. He said he did not and had got a lift down. What car do you have then, Jesus? She continued. (laughs) He looked even more confused, but politely answered. After the conversation had continued for a while, my wife dropping his name in at regular intervals, he finally asked my wife, why do you keep calling me Jesus? It's your name, isn't it? No, it's Ian. My wife looked horrified. And after a short pause, which seemed like an eternity, just said, oh, is that what they call me? He asked. Oh, no. She couldn't deny it. Otherwise, he would think it was just her saying it. (laughs) Yes, it is. She said sheepishly. For some reason, we did not see him for about two years after that.
0: Oh, that's fantastic.
1: Yes. What a terrible position to be put in. Terrible, terrible, terrible.
0: I'm really... um I love it when you do meet somebody called Jesus. It's always Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But um, see, I do find it odd that the Spanish slash Latin cultures really went their own way with decided to name people after the big man.
1: Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, they really went we're for it we a way go that we did yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but my uh, a friend of mine has, uh, has a boyfriend called Jesus, but she always refers to him as Jesus <laughs> like, when talking about him. And I love, I love it so much. I love just saying, oh, what, what does Jesus like to have a breakfast? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Jesus' rash cleared up, yeah. It's, it's, it's never not fun.
1: It's a nice name though, isn't it? it Jesus. Is, it is. It really, it really should be
0: used more. It's very nice. Mm. Um, all right, send us your stories, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle, mm-hmm. I am ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult.
1: It's about how weirdly precious I am about my son's hair. I feel if I went away for the weekend and I came back and found Tom dressed as Hitler while in a tryst with eight sex workers dressed as SS officers, I'd think... Well, I've made my bed. Now's the time to lie in it. Can't afford to pay the mortgage without him. But if I came home and found that he, for example, shaved my son's head, he'd be out of that door right away while I Googled child maintenance payments. <laughs> I am very precious about his hair. I never thought I would be because look, it's just hair. I'm not precious about my own hair. We both had our hair cut this week, both me and Rudy, and I put no thought into what mine would look like. I just turned up and said, bit shorter, please. But for my son, I thought about it for ages. and I rehearsed for ages what I was going to say. But I'm very relieved that he has finally had it cut properly because... Um and it's all even now as well, because me and Tom have been cutting it sort of since COVID times, because after the hairdressers did reopen, like it was a massive struggle to get him into one. Like he just really freaked out every time he went in one. I did get close once. We got inside the barbers and waited for ages and like for about eight like eighty minutes, forty minutes, and then he got in the chair, but then the barber said, I'll just get the water spritzer to wet the hair and he freaked out and we had to go. The whole, the whole waiting thing at the barbers is new to me. This waiting for ages and getting whatever hairdresser is free next or mm. waiting even longer for the one you like. Like, men, have you ever thought about making
0: appointments? Because that's what women yes, do. Yeah, it's, it's far better to make an appointment. It, it makes sense. I don't understand sense. this modern world of just, you know, sitting there waiting. It doesn't, I just,
1: I'm, re- I'm genuinely bewildered about it. I didn't know it was going on and I found out when I had a son it's going on. I wonder
0: if it's some kind of retro thing, you know, where like men would wander out on a saturday morning to get the haircut but really it was an excuse to get away from the family and they just sit there maybe reading the racing post or something
1: oh they like the weight yes oh but i don't
0: know i, I don't relate to that i'm just trying to think what's what's at the root mm, of it
1: that's a good suggestion i also think that some barbers work out who's next and if they don't like them take ages with the person in the chair yes we do need to do this secret hairdresser thing to find out if that's definitely true, yeah. i would love to know that Anyway, my son's hair was getting really long, but I couldn't get him to go to a hairdresser. So my friend told me about this kid's hairdresser that specialised in dealing with children who are scared or who have sensory issues. And there's loads of fun things in the hairdressers as well. So I booked an appointment and I spent loads of time preparing my son in advance. I was talking about it, what would happen, all the things there. And like I got to the stage where he was okay about going. So we turned up at our appointment time. Before I'd walked in the door, I could hear screaming coming from the salon. And my son, who was already nervous, like clutches my hand a bit tighter. So I tell him we're a bit early. So let's walk around the block, thinking hopefully the screaming will have gone by the time we get back. But it hasn't. By the time we get back, if anything, it's even louder. And we have to go in. And I see a boy about Rudy's age. And there's one lady, I think his mum, who's got him in a headlock while another uh, shaves no. his head and he's screaming. It's like he's been processed for a gulag. Like it is. <laughs> It's I it's terrifying for anybody, but my son is freaking out now. But luckily, they're just finished. So I try and distract him with all the stuff in the salon, but it's not working. He just keeps on going, let's go, let's go, let's go. Eventually, his hairdresser comes over and asks him to get in the chair, but he's having none of it. He's actually getting quite upset now. So I say to this specialist, okay, what what do we do now? Like, you know, what what can we do? I don't know what I'm expecting her to say, like what wizardry she has for settling scared children, but did not expect her to say this. She said, well, you can either say to him, you get in that chair now and have your hair cut, or you can just go home. (laughs) So I chose going home. Didn't make me pay, which was good. Extraordinary. You can either shout at them, force them to do it, put them in a headlock, just go home. Luckily, he seems over this fear now because he did get his hair cut. Although not quite what I asked for, obviously. As I only went really because his fringe was in his eyes and that appeared to be the only part of him that is still long of his hair. But of course I said, oh, perfect, uh, lovely, great, you thanks yep, so much. Yep. Big tip, because that is the only normal thing to do.
0: Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. about my strange compulsion to touch my face no have you noticed it no I now touch my face obsessively and have done I think since about the beginning of this year
1: which which part of your face the beard area
0: yeah it's like my cheeks and my chin
1: cheeks is it since you went very short with the beard
0: so it was when when I when I just went moustache only which I kind of am again now Mm. I felt very exposed Mm. having my chubby cheeks out on display so, you're kind so of I'd be covering, covering them up it, yeah. and then when I regrew my beard I was finding beard hair itchy in a way it never had been before so I was constantly touching it and now whenever I'm getting anxious or nervous I'm touching my face a lot oh. and I can feel it If it, it, it's, it's very related to anxiety and I need to stop it
1: is it giving you spots I remember at school learning the thing you mustn't do is keep touching your face that's how you get spots
0: no I'd like some spots would you? Like, think maybe you look like you young youthful like, you feel like yeah, me yeah exactly yeah um well, interestingly, this is why I mention it. A friend of mine was telling me the other day that Meryl Streep, do you know what she says her beauty secret is and why, why she looks young? No, go on. Never touches her face. Never? She's never touched it. She's
1: never touched She must have done.
0: Actually, I went on Google Images straight afterwards and I found a picture of her touching oh, her face. But, <laughs> but it is there. It is in the public realm. If you, um, if you don't touch your face... Well, I say it's in the public realm. Meryl Streep has said that, is what I mean.
1: So if I just never touch my... Like, but do you mean... I don't know. How would I wash it? You don't then the click on the act- right. actual article. Oh, sorry, sorry. I just saw
0: Meryl Streep says that the secret to her um, eternal youth is never touching her face.
1: And is this something you're going to blame ageing on now, the fact that you went through this phase
0: of touching your face a lot? I do think I've aged horribly in lockdown. Do you? I've told you about this before... Um, My son sometimes steals my phone, but because it's locked and I won't tell him the code, he can't do anything with it other than take pictures. So every now and again I'll be looking at my camera roll and there'll be strange pictures that I've got no recollection of taking and then I realise it's the world from his point of view, which is sort of funny in itself. And there was one time a couple of months ago when I was looking through my camera roll and I am thinking who is that old man in our house? Oh, no. For a second, then I realised it was me. No. Yeah. Well,
1: that's a shot. must have just been a bad angle, bad lighting. No,
0: Ooh. no, it wasn't. I'll tell you what I think I look like, not that he's particularly uh, old. Is Do you remember the um, the BBC reporter Jeremy Bowen? I don't. I think he used to do... He's probably got like 15 years on me. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture and see if you know okay. Have you seen who's shaved off his moustache and it takes years off him? That guy.
1: You don't anything like him.
0: Well, on this picture, I did. This is is my point. (laughs) Anyway, um, so that's that. Oh, I'll tell you what I was going to talk about. Do you remember me saying I'd had a very successful on-street interaction with some parents the other week?
1: Oh, yes, yeah.
0: So we'd got chatting and... My son was getting on with their boys and their boys and, and I had a good rapport. And then the parents and I really, I thought had a click. And Sarah wasn't with me. She'd gone off to work. But I remember going home and, and then waiting for her to come back from work. So I was so excited because I wanted to tell her that I had had this click with these parents, which never happens for me. I, like, it's always excruciating, as I've described countless times on this podcast. I, I am this weird loner in the school queue. And yet, bumping into these parents—it was Sunday afternoon on the street, and it was just like got a bit of flow going. And 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 I was waiting for her to come home, and while I was waiting to tell her about it, I was getting into little fantasies about how we could become best friends with this other couple, and we could uh, like have barbecues, and, and maybe we could even go to Tuscany together <laughs> in a villa. Right? And it was really—it was just great. It was really good for my self-esteem. I thought, finally. Some people who understand me, who see me. I am nice really. Hmm. And then over the course of overnight, really, that excitement turned to fear. Because? Because I knew I was gonna see them in the school oh, queue. You're nervous. And it was m- like butterflies in my tummy. Oh. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna see them. What would it be like? <gasps> oh, Gosh, what if my small talk isn't as good as when I bumped into them on the street? So I started planning some some small talk, right? And basically, when I say planning some small talk, it was just a piece of information, which was when Succession's coming back on TV. Because we talked about that. Oh, okay. So I was, I I, I, I made sure that I was armed with that, so that I could guarantee I'd have something to say to them. So, anyways. I go and do the school pickup, and then I see, sorry, the school drop-off, it was the drop-off, ahead of me on the street, I see the dad. and I'm so excited that I yeah. give him my warmest, friendliest smile and I say hi. He's like, oh, hi. And then he almost instantly t- turns away and carries on walking or you know, talks to his kid or and, and it's, very, it's closed off straight away. It almost feels like what I imagine the morning after an orgy would feel like. <laughs> where people can't really make eye contact with each other.
1: What's going on there? Well, I'm thinking,
0: this is so strange. Maybe he's having a bad day. But then a couple of days later, I do the pickup and I see the wife mm. and you have to go into the school to pick your kid up, then come out. And I'm sort of coming out as she's going into the school gates and I give her the big smile and she gives me a fine smile. But, it's, you know, it's, it's perfectly cursory, perfunctory smile. Yeah. So, so then I am thinking, I wonder if I just completely misjudged that social interaction. Mm. Because like, it's not like in my life, I haven't overestimated how much people have liked me in the past. But it but it tends to be friends or, or colleagues. Like th- over a over a long amount of time, these people have become annoyed by me or, or you know grown weary of me with with these instant with these short interactions it's either i'm just uncomfortable and i can tell it's going badly and people don't like me mm. or on these very very rare occasions there's a click and you think this is this is great mm. maybe this is how i'll be from now onwards and it was definitely in that latter category so i just like spent all this time wondering what had happened and replaying the conversation we'd had I couldn't make any sense of it. And then late on Saturday night, just gone. It, it was like the scales were lifted from my eyes. I had a revelation. They were probably drunk. Oh, <laughs>
1: Oh dear, that does make sense, doesn't yeah. it? It does. Like, I tie everything together. Yeah. yeah. Because
0: I'm, I've am i been sober so long, it never occurs to me mm. that people are just often quite a bit drunk on a, a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Might so they, been, yeah. they've either like been out to the pub yeah. or they've had a bit of booze with lunch. So all of a sudden, they're more gregarious. Oh. They're laughing more loudly than they, they would ordinarily. Like, I am more intoxicating because they're more intoxicated. Oh, this is so sad. But at least I've worked it out. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, at least I've got yet more confirmation from life that it's not possible for me to have an easy, social, spontaneous interaction.
1: Have you tried to bumping into them again on a Sunday afternoon? Well, that's what you should do in the future. <laughs> that, yeah, get, yeah. get them at their peak drunk moment.
0: Yeah. Wandery corner at the Glap Clinic here in problematic. Annabelle,
1: Grand Duke Andrew says, "What is the what?
0: Ma-
1: not that one? Okay. Grand Duke Andrew, what is the maximum distance one is allowed to venture from their front door wearing just a dressing gown slash pajamas? Does the time of day matter?"
0: Mm, I'm not sure I'm the person to be asking.
1: Why? Because you you would happily go.
0: No, do you know I've never been to the I've never been to the shop in a dressing gown. I could. I've been onto the pavement in a dressing gown. Fine. So sort of put putting bin bags out and stuff. Fine, fine. So the pavement is fine. We're, we're fine on the pavement. And I've been to the shop in pyjama bottoms and say like a big baggy T-shirt or a sweatshirt. That's fine. I'm wondering
1: if the rule should be... You're allowed to do it. And this is very generous. You can do it as long as you can still see your own house.
0: I think that's exactly it. I was about to say, if you could shout from your house and be heard where you're going, I think it's fine.
1: But if I was to be a bit stricter, which I'd like to, I would say not outside and not not past your own pavement, your own patch of pavement.
0: So would I be allowed to go to Five Sapphires? No.
1: In your pajamas. But you wouldn't go in your pajamas, would you?
0: Well, I've been in, like I said, I've been in pajama bottoms. But. Mm.
1: I That's just, all right. It's something you had a different yeah. top on. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I get, it matter? No, it doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't matter. I often think that about bikinis and underwear.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. sometimes Sarah or sort of, I'll, I'll when the cleaner's here, mm. I kind of like walk across the landing or something in, not like little tight, uh, <laughs> not little tight briefs, mm. not tighty whities, <laughs> but I have. I've talked about them before. Some kind of big, baggy boxer shorts that you would never wear as underwear, but they're kind of wearing around the house, pyjama ish boxer shorts. Right. Sarah thinks that's inappropriate. Whereas I think I would be uh, walking around on my holidays.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm not, nothing indecent is happening here.
1: I'm wondering if the difference is that it's, it's your home and she's in your home. Do you, are you wearing a top? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, fine. I wouldn't
0: let anybody see me with that stuff. I'm deeply (laughs) ashamed of my torso. (laughs) No.
1: Uh, Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's just wearing shorts.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. That's so So fine. I think just because the fabric of the shorts is a little thinner, why should that make a difference than what I would be wearing on a hot summer's day? When
1: you say thinner, do you mean threadbare and (laughs) see-through?
0: Just just clarify, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. All right, yeah, move on, yeah. move
1: on. Right, Vicky says, I've moved into a new flat in a block of eight. The garden is shared between all of us and it's been really neglected. I really want to cut down some trees and trim some others. I've had a quote from a tree guy and it's a couple of hundred pounds. I'm not Rockefeller by any stretch, but it would be worth it to get some sun both in the garden and into my kitchen, currently both completely shaded. My quandary. I'm not the type to knock on a neighbour's door and introduce myself, so I haven't so far. I do not want to knock on my neighbour's doors and introduce myself and then say, by the way, I want to have all our trees cut down. Is that OK? It feels very pushy, isn't it? How long do I have to wait until after I move in before it's not weird that I want to cut down all the trees? Do I just live in darkness until I can afford a house with my own garden where I can cut down every tree and reach? My second problem is, what do I do if they say No. Can you please give me a rough script to follow? Perhaps a role play would help, so I can be prepared for all scenarios.
0: But I think the problem here is, I I think we, and I speak about the the collective, the drifters as a collective here, the sort of people who would maybe want the trees out of the way, but would never say anything because we wouldn't want to create that awkwardness. Mm of um, somebody saying no and then it being a conflict. Although, I guess you have a similar situation with that tree. Mm. Can you just remind us of that?
1: Well, I don't want it cut down. So there's a tree, a very, 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 very massive tree at the end of our garden, our communal garden. Well, it's not communal. I can't bother to explain it. But anyway, it's at the bottom. And my upstairs neighbour doesn't like it because he thinks it's going to fall on the house. It's not and wants to get it cut down, whereas I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I also know it's 400 years old and it was like an epping forest and that's, like, amazing to me. Um, yeah, that's it.
0: But how do you deal with that standoff, then, between you and your neighbour where he wants one thing and you want another?
1: Well, do you remember he came out and knocked on the door and he said he was going to write to the council? I do. And asked to have it cut down. And I just went, oh, right, yes, OK. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't want any confrontation
0: at all. So, but the thing is you want the status quo,
1: I can't bear confrontation.
0: Yeah, no, I can't either. I went
1: along with it, thinking I'll just I'll sort this out at a later date that doesn't involve confrontation. And also, I knew it wasn't going to happen. They're not going to cut down a four hundred year old tree, and they didn't. So,
0: so yeah, that's not helpful. And I'm not, I'm not blaming you. I shouldn't mm. have brought it up. I've forgotten the detail of the mm, story mm, because mm. It, it, it's it's the drifter who wants to make the change.
1: And I would like to know a bit more about these trees because if they are. <laughs> similar 400 to. years old yeah and they're like used to be
0: part of a forest yeah all the family's gone from around them but you insist on keeping them alive so they can't go to tree heaven and be with their dearly what? departed family who used to be in the no. in the forest with them
1: no 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 i i would say um i'd like to know more about the trees but i do think it's fair enough to want a bit of light in your kitchen mm. i to be honest i would just start uh, maybe a letter then there's no confrontation. Invite them to reply by email. I don't
0: know. Like I'm always a great fan of becoming some kind of puppet master, like befriending <laughs> befriending one person mm. and then planting that idea in their head, and then yes. getting them to go and suggest it. That is the. Yes. And if it's met with rejection, you kind of disown them, and, and...
1: you need to do some sidling up to someone else. Mm. Say. Do you ever think it might be nice to uh, enjoy a bit of sun in the garden and then mm. t- and wait for them to go, mm. yeah, we need Make to get those trees. Th- yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably the way to do it, isn't it?
0: Otherwise, a copper nail. I'm sorry? When I um, used to have my house in Sweden, my neighbour next door said to me, oh, your, your house is so nice, but uh, these trees, they obscure the the, the view of the sea. And I said, I know, but they're on, uh, you know, they're on the the, the public land, they're on the shared land. we said, yeah, but have you never heard of a copper nail? And he said, if you sneak out in the dead of night, I mean, you don't have to do it in the dead of night, but presumably to uh, avoid detection, and hammer a copper nail into a tree, it kills the tree. No. Yeah. Or well, we'll all be googling that now. But I don't want people to go killing trees. No. I'm quite pro tree. Yeah, I'm finding this a difficult one. Me too, because instinctively I, I I am on the side of the tree.
1: But they could just be trimmed. Like I
0: very rarely open the curtains, so mm. you yeah, know the light is less of a concern for oh, me. Okay, now I get the I light shrink thing. away from the light. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think maybe just try and get them trimmed and and get a neighbour to be the one to think that they it was their idea. Mm. And if you're if you're paying for it, I feel like. It's okay to ask.
0: I don't know. I just think people don't like... I think pe- people generally are like you are about that tree and like my gut reaction is there. For for no good reason, I yeah. wouldn't bother me. Do you know what? Outside my, there was a tree outside my bedroom window for the first six years I lived here. A while ago it blew down, didn't care. If you'd have said to me at any point in those six years... Um, can we cut that tree down i feel like oh it's so nice having a tree outside <laughs> didn't miss it when it was gone right right mm. people and to just un- like trees to answer
1: one part of her question if she did work up the courage to say I'm going to do this is it okay I'm paying for it how long be- after she's moved in do you think it's okay to start being bossy about the garden the communal garden
0: uh, seven years
1: <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs>
0: And that was our podcast. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, we would love to hear from you. I think we very much, very uh, decisively resolved one and we weren't much use with the other. Mm. But I, think, I do think it was outside of our, the purview of this podcast because there was a social competence and, and an assertiveness mm. that was required. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, send us yours, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Also, please, your stories of social ineptitude to the same email address. Thanks to Man of the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Carla Gowlett took our photos and um, finished this week with. Uh, so, what car do you drive, Jesus? All right, time for the podications this week. We've got a mm, couple. And yes. don't forget, if you'd like a podication, please send it to us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Oh, Annabelle, Annie Ferguson's only gone and sent some, uh, what I believe is Mandarin here. Oh. So there's a ni hao and then wo de peng men, which I'm sure is uh, a terrible mangling of the pronunciation of that. I'm sure it's perfect. It's not going to help us, is it? <laughs> With our quest. Yeah. To uh, to curry favor in China, mm. oh, i just love it. I'd just really love it if this uh, this podcast became the biggest podcast in China. Oh, it'd be
1: amazing.
0: Yeah. that's not going to help us though.
1: No, that that could just be the start of it. Your perfect pronunciation,
0: and and that wasn't it, though, was it? Mm. I did very quickly look on YouTube to try and. See what that wo depang wo.
1: I wonder what you're doing. Yeah,
0: but well, <laughs> but then it just gave me some kids' song. Right. So I bailed quite quickly. Hello, my friends, Annie says. I would like a publication as close to the 26th of September as possible. It's the 28th today, Annie. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. And you'll get it on the 29th. But um, I found out that my birthday is one of the most popular ever though, as it is nearly exactly nine months after Christmas Day. So I know what my mum and dad... Uh, sorry, I know what my mum gave my dad for a present 38 years ago. <laughs> Vomits inside her own mouth. Wow. Ooh. Christmas Day, though. I wouldn't have thought there'd be that much of that going on on that day.
1: Maybe New Year's Eve. All around that Boxing
0: time. Boxing Day, maybe. That
1: drinking.
0: It's just to be so bloated.
1: Mm. True, yeah.
0: Hmm. Um. Okay. I'm still in China. I messaged last year for my birthday and said about how well my mental health journey was going. I still encourage all drifters to get therapy and anti-anxiety meds, but I really wish... I could travel back to the UK at some point to see my family and friends. Listening to the podcast does help me make connections with my life back in the UK. Mainly because you are the only British voices I hear in my weekly business. Oh, that's a weird thing, isn't yeah. it? It's a very warped. Uh, um, you must have a warped perception of how things are in this country at the moment. Yeah, we don't touch on any current affairs, and a lot of it is just uh, the inside of my head my general anxieties about interactions with other people.
1: And that's representing this country. It's (laughs) terrifying.
0: Um, I'm going into my third year without being able to visit the UK. My sister will turn 30 while I'm away. And my brother in Australia will celebrate his 40th without any family. But thank goodness for the technology that allows us all to feel close over the years apart. I'm having a wonderful adventure living in this wonderful part of the world and meeting so many people from around the world. But birthdays are the time, you yearn for a little familiarity. So hearing an English accent, uh, wish me happy birthday, would make my day. Happy birthday to you, Annie. I hope you had a a really good one. Mm. I don't even know what, what a birthday in China might look like. No idea. Some form of celebration, a coming together of people, perhaps a celebratory song.
1: All the things I want to say feel too stereotypical. I don't want to upset anybody in China.
0: You know, well, already my pronunciation mm. hasn't hasn't helped with that. What I did was just described what I imagine a generic yes. celebration of birthday anywhere in the world we would be. We all noticed. <laughs> just to be on the safe side. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Maybe special food. <laughs> Maybe. Um, love always. Annie. And there's more, I think, Mandarin. Wo I men? Probably not, though. And it'd be really helpful for our... Uh, our plan to... Build a, a Chinese following for you to spell this stuff out phonetically for us.
1: And also maybe say what it means. Who knows what you've just said? Oh, yeah. Mm. You could have insulted everyone.
0: Well, I think our friends in China know that I would never do that. Of course not. I am. Um, do you know what I'm really looking forward to? What's that? China becoming the preeminent world power. Why is that? I'm just saying it. Because
1: I'm oh, right. right, right, right.
0: Ready, you know, so that they'll be predisposed for liking me.
1: <laughs> they single you out to like, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, this comes from Bethan Williams, who says, "Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy, ahoy. I was sure your initial request for more podications would leave you swamped, so I resisted the urge to ask for one. But now that you've asked again, here it is." I would like to request one for my husband, Tommy, please. If you could read it out as close to September the 26th, I would be very grateful as this is our two-year wedding anniversary. Another one on the 26th. Yeah. And here we are. It'll be ninth by the time you get it. This is 28th. Um, I was thinking about the name Tommy earlier and thinking how awful it must have been to be called Tommy in the 80s when Cannon and Ball were a thing and the catchphrase was rock on Tommy. Oh, yeah. It must have been annoying, yeah. yeah. Um. I've previously had a podcation for him, and whilst it didn't convert him into a full-time listener, uh, he is a fan of the podcast because he knows how much I enjoy it and the comfort it brings me when I'm struggling with anxiety. He is also well used to me conversationally referring to the two of you. Uh, for example, oh, Jeff said that film is really good, or Annabelle can't tell if laundry is cold or if it's damp either. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've been watching anything recently that I could tell people about. don't think so. I think Strictly's going to be good this year. Okay. You don't care, do you?
1: No, but I might, maybe I'll go, give it a go this year This is there's no X Factor. Maybe will be my year. I meant to start on year. the Bake Off, but I didn't. Oh, I yeah. love Bake Off. Yeah, I'm going to start that soon.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, haven't, I keep meaning to go to the pictures. There's a film I really, really want to see. I've mentioned it because it's most, it's likely got vomiting in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know, My wife is this vomit phobe, as previously discussed. Um, so I keep trying to find somebody to come to the cinema with me, specifically my friend Nick, but we can't quite make the dates work, and I'm worried it's not going to be on the cinema for very much longer. Uh, anyway, maybe you could watch it, Bethan, and let me know if it's any good. See, uh, see what Tommy thinks. It's called Another Round. Or well, sometimes it goes by its Danish name of Druk, which means drunk, I believe. Anyway, um, lots of people told us before we got married that the first year of marriage is the hardest. But we didn't think it would involve a pandemic or being locked in the house together 24-7. But I can honestly say that the best thing about COVID is that it led to me spending so much time with Tommy. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, it's
1: very nice.
0: He's managed to make me laugh every day, sometimes to the point that I think I'm going to rupture something. Uh, He's always understanding and supportive about my various mental health challenges. He is endlessly kind, selfless, imaginative, fun and loving. Marrying him is one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'd like to thank him for loving me so much. Uh, Sorry, I'd like to thank him for loving me so well. And I'm looking forward to at least 66 more years of marriage. Uh, He's not had the easiest time this year, but I'd like him to know that I'm proud of him and I believe in him and things will get better. This too shall pass, probably. I'm going to wrap it up here for fear of nauseating anyone with my gushing praise and adoration for Tommy, uh, though I can level it out by saying, as well as being perfect for me. He does consistently leave cupboard doors open for no reason oh. and litters the floors with his dirty socks on a daily basis.
1: I think that's the same as my Tommy. <laughs> Is it the same one? <laughs> I think we've got the same Tommy. What if it turned
0: out? Yeah, I just want to he was a polygamist. I'm
1: wondering now, I really am.
0: So now you can see that my opinions of him are well balanced, but I still love him so. Oh, and and please let him know that I'm going to destroy him In this year's made-up game tournament day, Mugud, for short, our annual Games Day, I invented to woo him way back when. Many thanks, Bethan. I love the sound of that. I want to know about the made-up days, please. Uh, Made-up games that happen on uh, on uh, Mugud. Well, good to uh, good to hear that. um, You know the the two of you are thriving through all of this. Sorry that Tommy's been uh, having a bit of a time of it, but. I, th- I think I've just got a feeling it's going to be a real vintage muggard this year. <laughs> so there we go. Latest station podcast, podicated from Bethan to Tommy. And, uh, and also to Annie for her birthday. Again, I hope it was a good one. Annie, Annie Ferguson. And if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip?